Welcome to the Travel Possibilities Podcast. I'm your host, Callie O'Connor. I've gone from career burnout to taking multiple career breaks, scoring several remote jobs, and even starting my own business while traveling to over 80 countries. The one thing that held me back from starting sooner was that I didn't believe it was possible for me. I wasn't aware that travel could become part of my lifestyle. Through this podcast, I'm so excited to share with you the travel possibilities that are out there for you. In season three, we're talking all about travel jobs. Let's get started. Hey everyone, I have such a fun episode for you today. Of course, we can't do a whole season on travel jobs without speaking with a flight attendant. So my guest today is Josh Mojica, and he works for a regional airline, and I will do a brief intro. Um, He describes himself as the world's most unorganized traveler, sort of. He's been a flight attendant for almost 10 years with one of the largest regional airlines in the United States, and he got the job with the purpose to travel. So that's what this is all about. Due to his flight benefits, he's been to about 90 countries and six continents. And it was early in the Instagram days when he started. So some destinations hadn't become overrun with tourists. And it was still fun for him to discover small nooks and crannies of the world. And this job has also taught him how to value experiences and prioritize the world in a new way. And it eventually led him into volunteering, which helped him explore travel with intention, purpose, and human connection. And so you'll also hear us talk about the nonprofit organization that advocates for refugees. And it's really interesting. So you'll have to check them out as well. And so all of Josh's details are linked in the show notes. And without further ado, here's the interview. Hello, and welcome back to the Travel Possibilities podcast. I am going to hand this over to my guest today to introduce himself, but I'm so excited to be talking about being a flight attendant, one of the number one travel jobs. So Josh, thank you for being here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Oh man, it's a big, it's a big question about me. But um, my name is Josh to start and um, I'm pretty much uh, the world's greatest flight attendant. And um, I've a big facet of my life and personality is travel. It's just who I am. So um, I don't know, long story short, I'm a creative. I do photography on the side. I like music. I like hanging out. I like seeing the world. I love experiences. I'm pretty much the ultimate Pisces. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. And I'm sure everyone's wondering how I got the world's greatest flight attendant on my podcast. I am so lucky. You can thank my friend Tara, who is the podcast producer, um, who hooked me up with this. So yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Tara. <laughs> Thanks That's for being Tara. here. So why don't we go back a little ways? What is your background? Has was being a flight attendant always on your radar? What did things look like when you were a bit younger? Oh man. Okay, so a bit younger, just before I got um uh, this job, I was basically in production, like graphic design production. I was doing some like light work with uh, commercial stuff and studio projects, um, living in Vegas, actually. And then um, most people don't remember this. If you're a baby millennial or a Gen Z, um, we had a big old recession and I lost my job. And so um, I became kind of like a little bit of a wanderer, if you will. I was traveling around a bit. I was just moving around different places, mostly in attempts to get a job, like any work, you know, but also just kind of, I kind of felt like most people did probably, you know, post pandemic, like 
why am I even here? Why am I sitting through this? I should just go and do something else. So I think I, you know, kind of had that feeling 10 years prior to like the pandemic, you know? So I was just doing that. And when I say I was doing like nothing, I was doing like nothing. I was just working odd jobs and I don't know, going to the beach a lot. Um, I even got on the prices right. I was just like doing whatever. <laughs> You don't know how desperately I want to talk about the prices right now, but oh, I love no. that show. Did you win anything? Um, you know what? So I was the last, actually, I was the last person to get called to contestants row, and the girl next to me dollared me. She dollared me hard, and I would have gotten that barbecue. I knew it was like five fifty, and she was like five fifty one. Anyway, I did get a uh, a lot of stuff. They give you a lot of stuff, even just for getting down there. So. Yeah, I got a karaoke machine, espresso maker, like all this stuff. It was really fun. That's so cool. Yeah. That's really fun. Okay. And like through all of this, I'm sure a lot of people can relate, relate to that feeling like, okay, I'm just going to do all these things, trying to figure it out. And when did this idea of becoming a flight attendant pop into your mind? So I was living in Southern California and, you know, living the dream, of course, just like beach cruising and just kind of hanging out. And I uh, had a few people in my friend circle who were in the industry and uh, one of them actually gave me flight benefits. And so I had those for a couple of years and I was just traveling around, you know, on like dimes, like nothing to domestic places, a few international places and the more I did it, the more I realized the world isn't as scary as, you know, Americans are thought to believe. So I was like, why not? So I just kind of, I don't know, a yeah, job opening opened up and I was like, why not just do this? I had nothing else going on. So it was never on my radar to like, you know, get up every day, put a suit on and like go, you know, wait tables in the sky basically. But just felt like it might be a way to get into the world more. Mm -hmm. Very cool. So Obviously, it all worked out, but can you walk us through what the application process was like and what the hiring process was like? Hmm. So for me, it was interesting. You know, um, typically, you know, I work for a regional airline, the biggest one in America, um, and it's pretty simple. You know, you apply online, you go to this. The way they actually do it is actually funny. They they do these group interviews, these large format, like mass groups, like 450 to 500 people show up at a convention center in a hotel and you basically have like one minute they call your name you have one minute to go up there and wow this like you know contestants row if you will of all these people from the company kind of judging you on whether or not you'd be a good flight attendant in that minute and i remember i pretty much you know there's about 10 guys you know for every like 400 girls applying for the job at the time. This is back in like 2012. And I was, so I had a competitive edge, if you will, gender speaking, but I didn't really, you know, I was just kind of like got up, you know, at the pulpit thing, you know, and I just kind of blacked out. I just said something to the effect of, Hey, I'm Josh. Uh, I mean, I cracked a joke. People laughed blackness. I just didn't <laughs> know what I was doing, what I was saying. And I just, uh, I ended up um, saying something to the effect of like, I have some friends who do this and they're really cool. And so I figured if you hired my cool friends, then you must be cool. So why not work for a cool company? And they liked it. And I got 
to the second round and there's different rounds so you get to the second round and you wait you know that four hours for people to get through and you have an individual meeting and then you have another one where you kind of like show how you would you know work with passengers what you would do with people in a certain scenario and um once you get that you get like an email saying you've been invited to attend training let us know if you want to come and so that's how it works amazing i mean when you put it that way, it sounds fairly simple, but I'm sure like it's all nerve wracking and there's so many people and a lot of competition. So it really was. It was crazy. Um, it was really funny. You could tell there were some people who had been doing this a lot because they were confusing the name of the airline with other airlines. So they'd get up there and be like, oh, my gosh, I would love to work for JetBlue. And you're like, no, this is not for JetBlue, babe, stop, you know. <laughs> But it just kind of, it was fun. It was, yeah, at the end of the day, it was really fun. And I didn't tell a single soul that I had done this. I just kind of, you know, threw it out in the universe and I thought, okay, if it comes back, it comes back, whatever. So. And so when you got that email inviting you to training, were you immediately like, yes? Or were you like, I have to think about this? I had, I had, a, I had to think about it for a few days. Yeah, for sure. Um, it also happened to fall on uh, my best friend's wedding. Like I would have been in training for that and it was out in Hawaii and I, I called her and said, look, if I get this job, I will have a full time job and I can give you flight benefits like that could be your wedding present. <laughs> so I mean, like she was like, done, don't don't worry about it. Just go give me flight benefits immediately. <laughs> and I did give her benefits for two years after that. So that's a great deal, honestly. That was a good deal. I don't know. It worked out. But uh, yeah, I thought about that a little bit. But I mean, aside from like leaving, potentially having to transfer to a different place and move, I was so down, ready for the adventure. Cool. And so did you end up, well, what was training like? And then did you have to transfer to a different location? Um, so funny enough, everyone before I got there was like, you're not going to be happy with where you get transferred. All junior people get sent to like, you know. Atlanta, Kansas City, Minneapolis, whatever. And I was like, okay, well, if that is where I end up, I guess in my in my brain, I have been living in Southern California forever where travel, well, like where traffic is a thing, right? Mm -hmm. But I always say, if you're mentally prepared for it, it's not that bad, right? So I just kind of thought if I go to Minneapolis or someplace like that, then it'll be fine. I'll just deal. And I'll have flight benefits. So I can just travel around wherever. So um, I did have to, so after training, I did end up um, getting my actual domicile. I was living in L.A. and I got L.A. right out of training. So I was like, which was unheard of. And everyone was like, what the heck? And I was like, I don't know. It must be like, I don't know. The universe was like down. I was so happy with me. So um, training was cool. It was a little intense, you know. Um, it's not too hard, though. You're kind of like thrown into this very college-like experience where you have this class of people and you all have to study together. You all live together. You you know, you share the same space all the time. You're studying together all the time. So I made a lot of like really good friends that I ended up working with anyway. So it was a really neat experience, you know, and it's so consolidated and concentrated on this one goal that my other life didn't even matter. I just had to finish with my new people. So it felt great. It was cool. Awesome. And so now, like what, when you first started anyway, what was a normal week like as a flight attendant? Oh boy, chaos. Oh my gosh, Callie, chaos. Oh. Uh, so you're on reserve your first year to two years, depending on where you get base. I was placed in a very senior base, which is like 
saying that where I was fresh, fresh meat, and I had a lot of senior people ahead of me. It's a very seniority-based industry. And so I was bottom of the barrel. I was on reserve. I was called out for the worst trips, worst stuff. I mean, round trips back and forth from LA to like Inyakern, working like Elko, like flights to Elko. <laughs> Just I haven't one. even heard of these places. Yeah, I, the weirdest, I mean, regionals, it's interesting. It's like, we're kind of like that show, The Office, but for airlines, <laughs> you just go to these like random, you know, Scranton type places. <laughs> so I literally ended up just going to these random towns, which was kind of fun. I'm not going to lie. A lot of West Coast flying uh, was really fun. I got layovers in Monterey and Santa Barbara and San Luis Obispo and Seattle. And that was really cool. And it was really cool to just catch up with friends that I knew who lived in those places, but yeah, it was just chaos. I mean, you just go get a lot of sleep. They call you at four in the morning, you're rushing to the airport, you know, you're driving through traffic. It's just figuring it all out. I think for most people, airports in general are just so massive. They're just very overwhelming for people. And I think once you get used to it, they just seem tiny, you know, like for me now, it's nothing like going to an airport. It can be Atlanta, Dubai, Charles de Gaulle, Paris, whatever. I'm comfortable now, but my first year was absolute chaos. And I got sick a ton. <laughs> just lack of sleep, too many people. I was just a lot. <laughs> I bet. Like that reminds me of like the first year of college. You're just sick all the time because your schedule changes so much and you're just around all these people. And it's just. Oh my gosh, absolutely. It was crazy. And so now that you've spent more time in the industry, what is your day to day look like now? Day to day, well, nice, nice days. <laughs> Typically, um, I currently have to commute for work. I live in New York, and we don't have a base there anymore, so I commute to Chicago um, and a few other places if I feel like picking up trips here and there. So commute wise, that can be kind of tough because I'm taking a flight to go to work. But um, before that, living in base was great. When I was Seattle based, when I was um, Salt Lake based. I just had a car, drove to work, no big deal. It was great. I know my schedule. Um, I definitely have my pick of the litter now. So like being almost 10 years in, I have, you know, way better schedules. I work with, you know, um, more senior people, kind of know what they're doing. You know, there's just like a lot more advantages to like, and less anxiety now to the job. So plus I'm making more money, which is great. <laughs> that is always great. Always nice. <laughs> Do you have a favorite route? Um, honestly, our routes change all the time. You know, regionally, I love hopping over to anything I can get on the West Coast and saying hi to old friends, you know, and just chilling and doing, having little, um, I don't know, little tidbits, little bites of my old West Coast life that I miss so much sometimes, you know, because just so mellow and awesome. But I love that New York grind, so can't leave it. <laughs> Fair enough. And what is it like traveling as your job? Do you have time to yourself in these destinations? You had talked about round trip flights. So what is it like? When do you get sort of time to yourself while working? Um, basically, so like right now I'm working. Um, I'm on a four day trip, uh, day three. We're overnighting in Minneapolis, actually. <laughs> the first place I was so scared to be. Um, we have a really nice overnight here, though. It's great. Um, we stay by the Mall of America. Nice hotel. Um, I got off today around 9.30. I don't have to work until about noon tomorrow. So 
I'm going to do some like Christmas shopping, hang out, get some work done, do this podcast, you know, eat my dinner, maybe grab a drink later. You know, like you just kind of get mellow time. Um, typically, short overnights uh, tend to be about 10 hours. That's the limit or the max we can we can have or the minimum we need to have. And then max, we can go up to like 30 hours somewhere and just like kick it. And your schedule being being that I'm so senior now, I get to see my schedule beforehand. So I get to like make more plans and do more stuff. And so I'd actually planned on being here and doing some last minute Christmas shopping today. So it's kind of cool. Actually, it works out a lot. Um, next week, I'm gonna see some friends in Salt Lake City. And, you know, have dinner with them and hang out. And it's just fun to have that kind of pop in pop out life during the week. Anyway. Yeah. And so you've mentioned several different bases that you've had over the years. How many different places have you been based in total? Um, four places total. Well, five bases lived lived in four of them. So it was LA based, I was Salt Lake based, I was Seattle based. We also had a New York base for a little while and then it got closed down after COVID. And then I transferred to Chicago. Gotcha. Yeah. And what's it like? Do you have an apartment are you home often do you get to spend time in your base or does it feel like you're always traveling um i feel like i'm just always traveling you know <laughs> i'm the kind of person who and i think most people in the industry are like this or i think you have to be this kind of or have this kind of personality to do it is just you make the most of the time you get you know like my time with friends and people and whatever it's it's very quality time you know like if i make time for you in my three days, I'm going to be home this week. You better freaking show up and we better have the best time, you know? As far as like that goes, socially, I miss a lot of things. It is what it is. But I make the most of it. And I've always made traveling a priority. So I plan trips. And unless something really huge is happening, I'd rather just be, I don't know, cruising around Bolivia or, you know, hanging out with people in in southern France or going on a, you know, road trip through Nepal. I don't know. I just would, I just really live for experiences. So I do that in my day-to-day -day life too, though. You know, I, I get to be home, you know, often, but I am just like a child of wanderlust. I just want to be gone a lot. I don't know. I, I totally get that. And I think <laughs> probably a lot of people listening to this can relate. And do you see that changing for yourself at any point? You know what's funny? I I started my job in my latest twenties. I was twenty seven when I got the job, and um, and I think being thirty seven, I definitely want to be home more. I feel like I've gotten to this point now where I've been to not to brag, but like ninety ish countries, and and mo and most and a lot of them multiple times because I have favorites, you know, and. I would have such a nice nest egg if I just didn't travel as much, you know, <laughs> but, but the reality is, is like, I've, I've loved my life. I've lived a lot of things. I've done a lot of things and I would love to, I don't know, do it with someone I think now is the, the biggest thing. Um, so I'm definitely trying to be more present and more home, if you will, and kind of transitioning into this mode of, of doing that and trying to find that balance of like home and travel the last couple of years and like totally everything's a balance so sometimes we're right. very extreme it's like oh yeah and like i speaking for myself here i'm like i'm gonna go travel and like if i'm gonna go travel i'm gonna go travel and it is just like all in 
but it doesn't yeah. have to be like that. <laughs> oh, it's so hard for me. I am. I try. I'm so. I try so bad. I can't, I finally get like you know why people are so like into relationships and finding their person because I think the idea is like to find someone that kind of balances you, that can like stop you and say nope, <laughs> we're gonna do this now. You can do it. You're going to hang out with me instead of, you know, running off to wherever. Um, and I think I kind of like that idea a little more now. That's just, that's just you know, growth. Just being a person. <laughs> exactly. That human experience. Yeah. <laughs> we can relate. <laughs> can you talk a little bit more about flight benefits and how that all works and what you've been able to do with yours? Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, flight benefits are amazing. Uh, luckily enough, and with my company, um, I get a lot of travel benefits. So domestically, I can jump on pretty much any airline for nothing. Um, hop on a flight from JFK to LA, zero dollars. Free upgrades. It's amazing. It's so fun. Also, traveling international is awesome. I get to hop on Delta, United, American, whenever I want, if I want to. And so... It is really amazing. Um, the travel benefits really honestly open up your world. It's so funny. I think flight attendants have this like, we don't think we sound crazy when we talk about it with each other. Like, oh, what are you doing for the, you know, for the holidays? Oh, like me and my husband are going to like hop on a flight this weekend and go to, you know, Germany and like hit a Christmas market or two, blah, blah, blah. And then, like stop over in like Paris and like make our way home. And that sounds great. And it's so easy. And we like chat about that in normal day to day life. People are just like, what? And who does that? Are you like rich with oil money? You new money? What's your deal? <laughs> you know, are you Mindy Cowling's cousin? <laughs> and I'm like, no. <laughs> I, I, um, I'm a flight. I'm a flight attendant, actually. Thank you. Um, and that's just our that's our world. You know, it's it's so fun. Like the world seems so much smaller. So Benefits are great, um, easy to use, thankfully, because of iPhones and whatever now. I mean, even in 2012, 2013, it was still a little bit primitive how we used to like, you know, list ourselves and, you know, jump on a flight. But the only the only setback is flying standby. There's no guarantees, you know. So when you're flying standby, you just have to have that mentality of like, if I don't get on, there's plan B, plan C, plan. I mean, I don't go to an airport without at least four possible flights wow. to get to a location. Yeah. Like already. <laughs> and I'm in my head. It's like LA traffic mentality. Like I'm going to run my tail off from this side of the terminal to that side of the terminal to make this other flight. If I don't make this one and everyone in the industry, if you do it, you understand. Wow. Okay. So you definitely need that adventurous spirit and flexibility and yeah, flexibility is key cool and so what you just mentioned is something i did not realize at all like you can go on any of the airlines yeah pretty much um employees just get discounts on anyone so even if i even a, even an airline that like isn't even affiliated with america um say like emirates for example we have um these like they're called z agreements and so um basically what it is is like each airline agrees, like, if you're in our country and you want to use our airline, here's a discount for, like, 60% or 80% or whatever. So Emirates throws it out there and says, hey, we're going to discount you guys at, like, 70% off any full fare flight if you want to travel on Emirates, you know? Um, sometimes more. So it's great. So, like, I've flown on the way to Egypt once, like, Seattle to Dubai. Um, I think that's, like, what, 15-hour flight for, like, 120 bucks. 
okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's insane, like, what I pay. And when people tell me, like, oh, my gosh, I can't even go home to, like, Nashville because, like, prices are so insane. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? I just can't. I don't think I can go back to paying full fare for air airline. I just can't. I don't know if I can do it. Yeah, I can totally see that. Like you've had this experience for this length of time. It would be very painful to go back. Yeah, I've been conditioned. I can't even be in the country for like more than two months without having full-blown like panic. Like, I need to leave. <laughs> oh my goodness. So what advice would you give someone who's looking to break into this industry and wants to be a flight attendant? Um, honestly, just... I would say one, letting go, letting go of your old life completely and any, anything you knew, <laughs> just go into this 100%. And also, if you do want to make it a career path, I would say go for whatever airline is hiring, obviously. But in, after my experience, I think I'd probably prefer to go more mainline, like a, a larger airline, just because if it is a career path, then you're going to want to stay with someone for a while. If you're going to do a decade, 20 years, you know, be one of those people who's raising kids with it or a pilot or whatever, you know, it's great to get on with like a good airline, um, you know, from the get go. And if you do, or if you can, or if you know anybody, get a recommendation, it helps edgewise, you know, it just takes your application online from here to there, you know, like a little bit higher. And so um, this kind of bumps you up that that little ladder. So uh, that's always good. And just being flexible in life and just being prepared to like, pretty much go anywhere you know, and then have a plan to get to know the industry and then like make your way back to whatever life you want. Because truly, the best thing about our job is that like, you really can do whatever you want with it. It's great. There's so much to do. That's so cool. Yeah, like I feel excited about this industry. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Am I about to convince you to be a flight attendant? Probably like all of these <laughs> conversations are really self serving for me, because then I get like, really excited about <laughs> certain jobs. <laughs> so I'm a traveler. There's a lot of travelers listening. What can we do to make your life easier as a flight attendant? Oh my gosh. You know, I tried to make a list before you asked me that question. And it's so funny, like in the moment when I'm working, I could probably give you a gazillion things. And then when I'm off the plane, I'm not really working. I just really can't think of any. I would say, honestly, if you are traveling, especially somewhere like a longer flight, little things are great. Um, some things that come to mind, uh, little dumb things, right? Like if the curtain's open or, you know, like closed in a galley, don't fling it open with your trash and tell me <laughs> you need another Coke. <laughs> and uh, here's some trash for you, you know? Um, I'm probably on a break. I'm probably eating a salad. I'm, I'm just like chilling. I already served you. Guys, leave me alone. <laughs> for like five minutes um there's that uh things like that um being courteous to your flight attendants honestly remembering our names if, if possible um looking at our tags and saying oh thank you josh that was amazing you know it really really does make me want to take care of you more but also just enjoy the overall experience like we're just kind of hanging out because we are we're in a tube for like at least for me longest four and a half hours shortest 20 minutes but still you know it's like I like to just kind of have a, you know, a, a mellow cabin, if you will, when I'm working. So that bringing us treats on the holidays when we're working, we're sad. 
<laughs> we're happy to be there, but we're also sad. <laughs> um, that helps. Um, don't put your feet on the walls. If you're going to do it, at least take your shoes off. Like, I would never show up to a friend's house and just throw my feet on their walls <laughs> while they're, like, making me dinner. Like, yeah, like, just don't do that here. Close the bathroom doors. <laughs> well, so many things. So many things. But um, but just be, like, decent. Think about us for a little bit. You know, it helps. Yeah, okay. So, like, mostly common sense, but also you would... use your name. <laughs> common sense, you would think. <laughs> But people kind of lose it, which I understand, you know, being in the airline industry, as long as I have, people do tend to lose it in airports. And so you do have to be kind of adaptable and ready to deal with that kind of thing. But it's fine. <laughs> so true. I, like logic goes out the window sometimes when you're frantic and stressed really, with the trouble. No, yeah, you would not believe. But yeah, it's crazy. Awesome. So before yeah. we wrap up, can you tell us more about your nonprofit organization? Yes, uh, happy to. Um, so really quick, you know, all my travels kind of led me to a place where I started traveling with a bit more purpose, if you will. Um, I had some experiences that left me just kind of just like awestruck. And I just, they were very, um, I don't know, like forever changing deals, you know, nothing too heavy, just kind of, you know, I saw a different side of travel. Many Americans, you know, just kind of go with, you know, touristy, 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 you know, and I've just been thrown into situations because of my flexible, wonderless lifestyle that, you know, have led me into people's homes, you know, to experience what a hospital is like in a developing country, just being in villages where they have no running water. And just, just like so many places in the world that I think put things in perspective for me. And so in 2015, I had an experience that led me to volunteering independently with Syrian refugees during that whole crisis. And uh, which is still happening, by the way, you know, it's crazy. I mean, there's war everywhere. But it kind of led me to Greece. Um, people were fleeing and, you know, Turkey and Lebanon and obviously Syria. And we're heading over in droves. And I had some people that I kind of knew over there. And I was like, hey, I really want to help, you know. And so, uh, long story short, I went once, became addicted, I, and not just in a in like a weird way, like like with people. I mean, the people were just so lovely and kind and amazing, and I just wanted to keep going. And so, I wasn't doing a whole lot back home, so I kept, you know, coming back, working, making money, and then going back over and spending it on like you know, helping people. And I did that for a few years, actually, on and off for a long time. And then I kind of saw some of the, the good, bad, ugly, beautiful, whatever you want to call it, in the NGO world, you know, non-government organizations. And I really wanted to do something not only for myself to feel like I was doing it my own way, but also to be, I don't know, more efficient and bring like a new energy, a new life to the idea of like what volunteering looked like. So it's still fresh. It's still new. Um, my organization is called Good Favor. And the idea is that one day it will be kind of a global app that we can all use eventually to, you know, help people in all different parts of the world if we want to jump in and do stuff. Kind of like a one-stop shop for all your volunteering questions and needs and for NGOs to kind of like talk about what they're doing and volunteers to talk about what they're doing. And share that with everybody and build a big community of people. And so right now it's pretty much Instagram based. I'm still working out the kinks. You know, it takes 
a lot of, uh, I don't know, background work, if you will, to make this kind of thing happen. But that's pretty much what I'm, what I'm doing. And I'm a 501c3 and I'm registered and I take donations when I can. Um, recently just activated uh, my first project through um, Ukraine. I was out there back in March uh, representing Good Favor. So yeah, I mean, it's small and I'm trying, but like it's uh, it's good work, you know? And I think I wouldn't have ever, ever thought about doing it if I hadn't entered my industry, so. I love that so much and it's so important. And I think there are levels to travel. Like when you first start out, you're so focused on like, whoa, the world, it's so cool and touristy stuff. And then as you get deeper into it, you're like, why am I even doing this? What is the point? And it all boils down to the people that you meet and like the experiences and the connections that you make. And I think that's a beautiful thing. So I think it's really important to consider traveling on a deeper level. So thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for sharing it with us. Absolutely. No problem. I love this. To share any anything I can to get people more motivated to travel, please do it. Amazing. And Josh, where can we find you on Instagram, your organization? Uh, Instagram, goodfavor.org. Okay. Um, I'm linking it in the show notes too for easy access. Do it. I love it. Yes, please. Um, any followers, any shares, always helpful. Um, yeah, I'm trying to start a little bit of a, a similar thing, you know, with going live on Instagram with like interviewing independent volunteers and people who run NGOs uh, internationally uh, pretty soon. So, yeah, um, look forward to that soon and building up that base. So, yeah, please come. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. And everyone else, I will catch you on the next episode. Wait, before you go, if you are here because you are exploring your travel options, I am excited to share with you that I've just revamped my free offerings to help you on your journey. Whether you need help budgeting for a career break, saving money for a trip, or learning how to effectively apply for a remote job, I've got you. Visit the link in the show notes or go directly to www.travelshifters.com slash freebies to download what you need. And don't hesitate to let me know what you think. Thank you for tuning in to the Travel Possibilities Podcast. If you liked what you heard, I would be so thankful for your positive review on Apple Podcasts so I can keep the episodes coming. If you aren't already following me on social media, Come soak up the extra tips and travel inspiration on Instagram by following me at The Travel Shifters or by visiting my website at travelshifters.com. Thank you so much for being here and I can't wait to connect with you in the next episode. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss it.